Well, the new thing with the Literature Festival is that it's over. Is That's it? the news, yes. It's is it completely over? over? It's completely, completely over. I thought yeah. it went the whole the length of October. No, it just ended on Sunday. Oh. Well, that's not a very good question to ask you to start. I know, I was a little surprised. Bad research, Rob. Yeah, I don't do any. What are you teaching people today? Uh, I wasn't teaching people. Uh, This is a complete waste of time. Yeah, I know. What is going on? Yesterday, I was teaching people about journalistic ethics. Okay. Oh, Christ. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Do those things still even exist? Yeah, it's not an oxymoron. Uh, Okay. It sounds like one. No, I I know. But the idea is to get... The, the journalists of the future thinking about the ethical dilemmas they might face. Right. So I, I've, I've invented a little role-playing game called Ethical Journalist. Is it like Dungeons & Dragons? Um, no, there are no <laughs> like 18-sided dice involved. I'm sorry. Okay, go on. Um, Just uh, revealing my kind of inner nerdery. It's not inner. There's nothing inner about it. Okay. There's no reveal. It's all here for us to see. Right. You don't even have to say anything about Dungeons and Dragons. It's, I know. The, the fact that I even know what it is and how it works. <laughs> well, hey, I knew about the 18-sided dice. Yeah. So there you there go. There isn't an 18. Okay. So you, there's a 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I know. I, that, these are things. I try to pretend I'm cool on this thing. But <laughs> it's going bits, great so far. Little bits kind of... And it, to be honest, I, I think people did think I was really cool before you came on the podcast. No, no one thought you were really you cool. thought I was super cool. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm here. And yeah. I'm so cool that you're Rumbling just... Rumbling me. Yeah, you're, you're cast into shade by my coolness. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right, because you, you, you can't be the academic one and the cool one. I don't want to be the academic one. Well, why the hell do you think you're on this podcast? You're the one that's supposed to be the person that knows what you're talking about. Well, does that is the academic one the person who knows what they're talking about? Because that has not been my experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> Me? <Ooh>. Yow. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to uh, investigate that further, but I, it will get us both into trouble. Yeah. Um, right. What were we talking about? Uh, well, I did ask you a question, but I don't remember what it was now. Oh, yeah, journalistic ethic? No. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. that. No. We're going to talk about who's on the podcast today. Right. On the podcast today is Jen Ashworth and Richard V. Hurst. That's right. I know what the V stands for. So do I. Viv Meister. Everybody knows that. How do you know that? He's called Viv, actually. How do you know that? Because I've known him for many years. Oh, for God's sake. And the really funny story about him. Okay, not that funny, but he was up for a blog award. Uh, I used to run the Manchester mm-hmm. Blog Awards uh, many years ago. He was up for a blog award, and I got his name wrong when I introduced him. Okay. What'd you call him, Dick? Now I called him Richard Vivmeister. <laughs> 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 he just gave me this look like, yeah, thanks. Right yeah. on stage. It was great. Well, it, it's either Vivmeister or Vivmondo, whatever that is. Viv, I think Vivmondo is kind of like a you know, some a nickname based on Vivmeister. That's like, not actually his name, you know. It's not actually Vivmeister. I don't know. It's not. Did you actually just think that was his name? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Vivmeister. That's what the V is his for. Middle, his middle name is not Viv. It's Vivmeister. It's, 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 a, it's a, like a nickname he's been so given. So what's the V for then? Viv. Because it, it's named... Oh, you know what? We can't talk about this too much because Jen Ashworth <laughs> tells me the whole story. In oh, okay, okay. All right. I'll. You know what? I'll listen to the podcast. No, you won't. You never do. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad when your co-host on the podcast doesn't I listen. Know. I will listen to this one, though, Rob. That's what it's everyone says. It's a busy says. time. Yeah, whatever. I always listen to the beginning bit. What, the bit with you in it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. 
that's the same with every every person that comes on and gets interviewed. They only listen to their episode, and they don't think I know that. But I quiz them later, mm-hmm. and just like little, and they just, they don't they don't listen. You need to, to introduce to some like features, some fixtures, some like you know sound effects. Oh, you need to. I, th- that is not happening. No, <laughs> there will not be sound. No. There won't be sound can't, can't we do like comedy? It's cheesy, man. Comedy. What, like pictures? boing, boing, boing. <laughs> no. Now's this hilarious bit. Like, Woo. okay, look, <laughs> things things will develop. I'm just going to keep an eye on this. Okay. okay we're tabling this. Right. What's the sound effect that you want then? I, I haven't, I don't have a particular one in mind. Yeah. But, but one will come to me. Sound effects are shit. I'd like to make my own sound effects. <laughs> you are a sound effect. Um, right, what are we talking about now? Them. We're Let's talking talk about, about Jen Ashworth yes. and Richard V. Hurst, and the V is not actually his middle name. Okay. The thing that I think is great about them, mm-hmm. one of the things I think is great about them, is they have published their own books. Okay. They've self-published. This is, this is the, via the... The Ghost Stories. Yeah. What's, uh, what's their collective called? We just talked about this with her, and I cannot remember. Okay. Anyway... Doesn't matter what it's called because you'll talk about it on the podcast. Yes, we will. You'll hear about it. Okay. But the the really cool thing about that is they've gotten together with other writers and taken the initiative to. They started doing sort of crowdfunder stuff before many other people were doing it, um, on a kind of very small level, uh, to produce this book of stories, and it's really cool to do that. I know you have some issues with self-publishing. I, I have issues with you me. Have a history self-publishing. with self-publishing. Yes. Which is not always a happy one, um, but no. but I'm actually I used to be very dismissive of it, but I'm really coming around to self-publishing. Why? Because it's a way to if you do it properly. Uh-huh. Most people don't do it properly, yeah. in my opinion. But if you keep the quality high, and that's the key. Like how yeah. like you can't. You can though if you publish like limited edition, really beautiful books that you make yourself, for example. When you say make yourself, what do you mean by that? Well, either you actually physically make them yourself, or well, that's not going to happen. Well, why not? People do. We just had a writer on, uh, as one of the writers from the Know Your Place anthology, Abandon Smatanda, makes her own poetry books, and they're really great, really interesting, and. Someone came to the event just so that they could try and buy one of her books, um, but, but she, she wasn't able to make it. When you say make your own book, yeah, you don't mean like book binding. What are yeah, you talking about? I mean like book binding, or you could make your own print book. You know, using like zine tools. You know, like a photocopier and stuff. Oh, that sounds really <laughs> ghetto bullshit. Oh, such a snob. I am a snob. That's that. That was my biggest problem with my. Self-published book was how shit it looked. Really, and okay. I got it done by like a, a self-published like. It's does it even count as self-publishing when a, a company actually publish does it for you? Yeah. Okay. It does absolutely, but I mean I think, or you can work with a publisher to make a kind of really cool bespoke limited edition book. If you were self, if I were self-publishing, if I really really believed in my book and I'd gotten an editor to yes. work on it, you that's, know that's the yeah. thing. Most of them don't. No. Uh, which is obviously a bad yeah. idea. I um, I'm a bit. I've got the books that you recommended. For oh, me. good. Okay. So have you started with which ones did you get? Right. Okay. So I said to you and Ben Judge. Ben is has been on the podcast before, and he's you know been a judge for the 
uh, not the Booker Prize and stuff. He's in my writing group. But anyway, he and you recommended some books for me. I said to you, I want, I don't want big books, and I, I don't want any magic realism. And I've got Dark Man's by Nicola Barker. Nicola Barker. Ben's recommendation. Yeah. Ben's obsessed with Nicola Barker. Yeah. yeah. And it came in the mail. I had it came. I, I ordered three books. That's a doorstop, dude. Eight hundred and eighty yeah. some odd pages. <laughs> I've never read. Ben has been recommending Darkman's to me for many years, and yeah. I have not actually read it yet because I can't commit. You know how I'm about novels, anyway. Yeah. Eight hundred pages, man. That's too much, even for me. We talked about this last time, so we can't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. But I, I started uh, Colson Whitehead's. Yeah, Underground, Underground Railroad. Railroad. Wow. Which just won. Did Pulitzer, you see that? I don't got the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's very good. Yeah. I knew it would be good. You knew it would be good, but you were saying, oh, God, it's alternate history, and yeah. it has, like, made-up magic stuff in it. Yeah, oh, which I don't Jesus. like. Well, see, the, I still don't believe the thing that you and Ben were telling me that basically any book that has any kind of fantastical thing means it's fantasy. It's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's fantasy, but if you, it, we, I think we're taking issue with your use of the term magical realism. Magic realism. Magic realism. See, right. I, we're not going to bow to these British people who say ma- magical realism. It's magic realism. Magic realism, you know, like, which is, Ben and I are saying, is kind of like yep. the acceptable literary way to talk about fantasy. A, a, a literary book mm-hmm. that would be described as fantasy or a yeah. genre mm-hmm. in, in another setting. Yes. But if it's literary fiction and also happens to have a plot that features magic stuff happening. Yeah. Um, the reason, and, okay, here's my problem yeah. with magic realism, right? It's a cop-out. What do you mean? They, they it just seems to be dropped in, in the, the, take Midnight's Children, for instance. This is, that's probably the big magic realism novel. Well, a hundred years of solitude, maybe. Yeah, okay, fine. But whatever. It's just kind of, draw, it's, it's, it just seems to me an excuse for literary novelists not to uh, have to explain anything. They just go, oh, I'm doing this crazy thing for this chapter or two. It's magic, man. Just relax. That's just what, that's what happens. Oh, I don't even it's know where to magic. start with this. Okay, Rob, you know... We're talking about narrative here. Yeah. Stuff that happens in the story, which doesn't, couldn't happen in your understanding of reality. Mm-hmm. That happening in the story doesn't, it's not like a plot device. Mm-hmm. That just may be something that needs to happen in that story. So why? So what? Why? Why not? Why not make an excuse for it? Why does that be realist as well? It's. I think. Do you know what? I have, I have a bigger issue with the realism bit than I do with the magic bit. I don't even know what realism means, really. I mean, <laughs> I feel you read like too much I magic live, realism. <laughs> I live in a world, you know, my perception of the world and your perception of the world mm. are so different. I feel like, what the hell is realism? You wow. know? Really? You're like a hippie or something. <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. Even hit, doing hits on the bung? <laughs> <laughs> what is real, man? <laughs> No, but like I seriously mean that. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, okay, I, I do know what people mean when they talk about realism, but I just think that that's something, that distinction between realism and non-realism isn't mm-hmm. so interesting to me. You okay, know? yeah. Like, I'm you, just not, I don't find it interesting. I'd love just once for you to read like a, a straight like novel that is... I read straight novels all the time. 
What are you talking about? Like something that doesn't have any kind of magical thing that, in it. So well, I don't, I don't just sit thing. around reading books where crazy shit You did happens. say to me, when I said, what book should I read? You said to me, all the books I have are have magic, are like magic realism. Well, I have, no, I read, <laughs> I read a lot of short stories that are totally realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. said novel. Yeah. I don't read so many novels mm. anymore. No. It's true. We've already established this. Yeah. Well, I don't know why I keep trying to get you to read novels, because everyone is. I do read matter. novels, but just, yeah, not so often. Okay. I don't have that attention span, you know? No. Yeah, it says the person that now I've got to read this 800-page bloody... I guess it wasn't you that recommended that. It wasn't, but it's, it's by all accounts, have you read it's an amazing it? book. No, you haven't read it. I haven't read it. <laughs> but it's supposed to be wonderful, Rob. Right. I'm sure you'll enjoy the hell out of it once you, once you get into it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Okay, this is another thing that came up in the interview with Jen, because Jen and I share this love of Stephen King, uh-huh. and we're not ashamed of it at all. I just saw your face, and uh, you're, you're, you've, you just made the face that everybody makes. Do you know why I made that face? No. I made that face because I was remembering the one Stephen King story that I read, which was so scary that I've never been able to read another one. Which one? The Mist. Oh, yeah. It is scary, that. Yeah. I can't. Like, I'm done. That was the first one I read. You don't like anything scary? I can't. No. I'm I'm like a little girl. I can't take really scary things. I know. It's weird. uh, You must be able to do like ghost stories and stuff, like the Curious Tale stuff. Yeah, the and with and uh, have you read uh, the Night Visitors? Uh, no, they don't show. Right, they came on the podcast, and you still didn't read it. I didn't read it. I'm sorry. It's true. I know. You have to read the next one. Okay. Oh, you already have because it's going to be anyway. Go on. What Um, are we talking about? We're talking about Stephen King. Yeah. Yep. But no, if it's too. There's something about Stephen King. I love the man so much. Yeah. I have so much respect for him. Okay. His book on writing is absolute genius. Do you know it's what's funny about this? What? Is I love on writing as well, but not because of any kind of writing advice that's in it. I just think it's an amazing story. Because isn't that the one where he writes the first half, and it's, he's, he, you can tell that he, he's finding it a bit of a chore, yeah. writing, giving writing advice. So he just makes sto- puts stories in it. And halfway through, isn't this the one where halfway through he gets hit by a truck? I can't remember. It's a long yeah. time ago since he gets I read hit by it. a truck, and then like it goes from one par- one chapter to the next, and the next chapter, it's like, oh yeah, I'm back. I was in hospital for ages because some guy that was basically a character from my oh, books. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So why did you like on writing so much then? You like you 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 liked it for the writing advice? Yeah. Right. Okay. I read a lot of books on writing. I enjoy them. Oh God. I'm a total dork. We could I not know. be more different. Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's good that we're on here. Yes, yeah. we're we're gonna be arguing what, okay, about stuff. Okay, so what is okay? What in that book, writing advice, did you take seriously and think, oh, I'm gonna hold on to that? I, I'll tell you. Um, the one thing I remember most strongly was him talking about the boys in the basement. Mm. Do you remember that? No. The boys in the basement. That's like your your subconscious. Oh right. Okay. That so much of what happens when you're writing a story. Mm. is happening in your subconscious. Not even while you're writing, just like while you're doing other stuff. Yeah. And when you sit down to write, the boys in the basement will have been... You have to kind of just let them get on with it. Okay. And that's where a lot of the, the writing is coming from. Sure. And that really struck a chord for me. Yeah. Yeah. There was one bit for me... I, that is good. I, I forgot about that, actually. Um, when he talks about... He's, he just says, I'm going to talk about this red ball on my desk. 
And, uh, you know, he said, it's round. I think it was a red ball. I might be making this the color up. Ignore that bit. <laughs> and he said, it, you know, it's this, uh, it's made of this and it, it looks like this and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, you're reading this sometime in the future and you have no idea, you know, if the ball's on my desk, if it looks the same or who knows what's happened to it. You know, and it, it was about him writing about place and time. Mm -hmm. um, so that bit I thought was really interesting but I was more I was more blown away by the story so it's there's only two books I've read in a day and that was one of them oh cool what was the other I one? knew you're gonna ask me and I can't <laughs> remember now what was it it was a it was a Megan's book yeah I, I was just thinking of Megan's book because yeah, yeah she's we can't get too far ahead of ourselves that's I think two podcasts from now okay Megan right. we don't want to repeat ourselves yeah so that's coming up later Megan Hunter yeah. And she's uh, her book is called The End something. It's oh, very similar to The End to We my, Start From. The End We Start From. It's very similar to the name of this podcast. Wow, you talked about a lot of stuff. I'm just looking at yeah. the list of stuff. Do you know what I was going to ask you about? But yeah. I thought it was a bit kind of like, mm, I don't know. Because um, Jen talked to me a bit about the time after she had a child. Mm. And she just, she refers, it as, refers to it as the time when she went mad. Yeah, I went. I wrote an essay about postpartum psychosis. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I had a little bit of that too. Did that you? was fun. Yeah. yeah, actually, it won a prize that essay. Did you? Yep. It was a uh, highly commended or something or finalist. <laughs> it was a finalist for a national prose competition. Yep. But uh, and it I'm so. I, I, before you tell yeah. the story, I'm so out of my depth. I mean, you know, a I'm a dude. B I have no children. Yeah. So I do find it fascinating. But it is the crazy thing about that. And this is why I wanted to write an essay about it. So, mm. be, And I didn't realize Jen had also had this happen yeah. and had written about it too. We clearly have loads to talk about. I'm actually going, I think she's interviewing me on stage in Lancaster. Mm. Like in a Interviewing you. Weeks. Yeah, because I'm going to be a, a visiting writer there. Wow. In December. Oh, wow. So we're going to talk. I'm going to, well, she may not want to talk about that then, but I'm going to ask her about it because I think this is why I write essays is to figure out to explore stuff like this. That what the fuck's wrong me. with you? Really? What the hell just <laughs> happened? That's where it starts yeah. from. When you're mm. left wondering. Yeah. And, you know, so that was something I enjoyed writing about. It is crazy what hormones will do to you. Yeah. Like, do you write, do you write it all off as hormones or is it just, was it just? I think a combination. No, I don't write it Was that it your all first off. or your second? It was after my first child, Molly. Mm. Um, and it only happened for three days. And I think, 75% of it is probably hormones. Um, and the other 25% is probably a mixture of a huge shift in your identity, mm -hmm. you know, that happens overnight and your like kind of daily of life. Not loss of freedom. It's a huge responsibility. It's kind of like you have a philosophical, almost metaphysical kind of... Uh, Bond. No. Responsibility. Like a, a huge event, like a crisis, mm. you know, because you're you're now responsible for this baby, completely responsible for this helpless baby. Mm -hmm. And that can do some weird things to you, you yeah. know? Um, do you think it's kind of the transition from excitement as well to, holy shit, like, because, you know, people that I know, like, again, I can, I can hardly talk intelligently about this, but everybody I know is having kids or has had kids. And it seems like the buildup to the day is just like this wonderful, beautiful, you know, baby showers and yeah. it's just crazy thing and excitement and joy and stuff. And then when it actually hits, the come down from, of, from that and how 
oh, it's it's real now. Yeah. And how it's, it's it is like literally overnight. Yeah, difference. it really is. But I really think a lot of it is hormones, though. Right. Okay. I mean, what we don't really even understand what actually happens with the hormones inside a woman, mm-hmm. you know, after she's had a child, and kind of throughout early kind of motherhood, it's crazy. There's so much we don't know, but um, if you're someone who's sensitive to hormonal changes, as I am, um, hippie. The, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm a <laughs> sensitive a, that a, soul. That was a Rob. shit thing to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, just leave me alone. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's we don't, we don't understand it. So I think things we don't understand. That's what I want to write about, and that's what okay. I want to read people but you, writing about. Okay, you don't understand why, but you understand the actual feeling. Sure, that. I understand the feeling, but the feeling is when you have a strong feeling that you don't understand, you don't understand why it's there, you don't understand what the implications of it are, that's where the possibility for good writing starts mm-hmm. for me. Okay. Um, certainly writing from your own experience. But mm. sometimes I'll have a feeling like that, and then it will go in a fictional direction, that in, and that'll be a short story or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, but yeah, it's, that's cool that she's written about that. Have you read, had you read anything of Richard's before this? I've read some of his short the curious stories. Curious Tales stuff. Yeah, and I've read, uh, he wrote an essay for The Real Story. So, oh, he did? Yep. He read at our last event. That's right. Well, uh, so the you guys, one before this I, I keep forgetting you're a publisher as well, sort of. Like an online publisher. I'm an editor of an online literary journal. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I always forget that bit of The Real Story. Yeah. I like to pretend I'm in the know. It's okay. There are a lot of bits. Like, yeah. that's the problem. There's so many bits. There's fucking shitloads of bits. Yep. This is my life. Yeah. <laughs> right. On that note, um, that's all I'm going to talk to you about now. Okay. Now I'm free to go. You're not allowed. That's twice you've said that. <laughs> you're not allowed to say that. I might even edit it out this time. Can I go now, Rob? Shut up. <laughs> right. I'm definitely editing that out. I can't can have... You, can you just untie me, Rob? Come on. <laughs> Don't tell people. This Don't. is chafing. People actually think that's happening. Right. Don't listen to Kate again. And uh, but now listen to this interview with Jen Ashworth and Richard Hurst. Right, the night okay. visitors. How did it happen? So it started because okay. um, Nathan at Dead Ink was planning a new series of modern horror novellas and um, he was aware of the work that we'd done with Curious Tales and the ghost story and he asked me if I wanted to write something for him and I did but all the work that I'd done with Curious Tales had been done with Viv. Shall I call you Viv? Shall I call you Richard? That, um, I have that question down actually. Rick, Richard V. Hurst. Yeah. <laughs> we can stick with Viv, I think. Okay. Yeah. We're okay. We're, we're we can be cash, room. can't we? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I um, contacted Viv and said, well, you know how we've written together before and we'd written fairly recently at that point a huge, sprawling interactive online novel about Preston bus station yeah and we're still speaking to each other 
Yeah. Just, just about. Choose your yes, choose your own yes. adventure. So you're not allowed to call it that. Oh, because no. it's a no. Because so it selects it. your personal <laughs> preference. Voyage. Yes, yeah, voyage. If you yeah. call it choose your own adventure, someone from choose your own adventure writes to you and asks you very politely. Really? Yeah, not we, to we do had it. a cease and desist from. Choose you're joking. No, no, no. It was great. I didn't even think they even made. I didn't think they made those anymore. They do. Yeah. And, and we we called it a choose your own adventure style book, which I thought would be fine. Yeah. Apparently, just using the phrase if you're publishing anything is. Not no. So it's select your own voyage. What do we call it? Interactive fiction. We call it interactive fiction. fiction yeah. Which it is. Anyway. We've written that, and that was a kind of modern horror, amongst yeah. many other things. And so I really wanted to do this project for Nathan, but I didn't want to do it on my own. I wanted to write with Viv, um, and he said yes. And so we started throwing some ideas around, and the. the style of the book which is two women sending emails to each other mm-hmm. really came from the fact that we were collaborating with each other over email that's how we wrote the book oh right so the way so the book was written that way yeah so the way yeah. it was written was kind of how it turned out to be yeah there's, so there's two characters who email each other that's basically how the book is structured yeah and so we worked out I kind of guessed pretty early on that we'd each just pick a character and email the other in character and that would be kind oh. of easier to write than anything else. But it wasn't, was it? <laughs> it was easier than writing the the, the select your own voyage. <laughs> but it was still obviously Which is called Bustation Unbound. Oh, which nice. you can read Very good. for free. Yeah. Online. Good for free. free. Oh you can donate though. You like, can you, donate. You, could, yeah. you should totally donate. You should yeah. donate, yeah. Anyway, so we thought <laughs> that collaborating together quite spontaneously over email would be a good idea. We had a bit of a plan in that we brainstormed who these women were Mm -hmm. and why they were in touch with each other. And you knew it was going to be a ghost story. We did. We knew and we we had this brief of it being a modern horror so we thought quite a lot about modernity which is where the the tech and the film and the the email Mm -hmm. element came into it. Yeah. You say modernity though. It's it's quite old technology though, isn't it? It is. It is. They're not on Facebook. It's not Snapchat. They they are not Snapchatting. There was kind of two conversations going on while we did it. So there was the emails that we sent to each other, which mm-hmm. became the novella where we were writing in character. And we also used to make appointments to chat to each other on iMessage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have WhatsApp. Should get it. Should, I, good, get, yeah. should I get yeah. WhatsApp? Yeah. My, probably my daughter's got WhatsApp. Because then you can do it you on can your do desktop. It, and you can do it with... Let's not talk about technology. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm yeah. just hopelessly yeah. out of date. That's fine. Okay. Don't worry. So we used to log into iMessage and we would talk, not in character, but as ourselves. And mm-hmm. not quite plan the plot, but reflect on... Um, dead ends or character inconsistencies okay. right um, yeah. so you didn't have a template at all like you didn't know how this story was going to pan out we had a bit of we, we, cause you must have known the end when point. we were doing the bus station thing. no okay go, sorry no, we did, but when we were doing the bus station thing we had like no plan at all what we were going to do no. and it ended up taking up a full year it was in, there wasn't one day that passed when at least one of us wasn't doing some writing for this bus station book and it was awful and even by the end of it we're like because no, you've got so many endings you kind of have to sort of... 27, I think. I think it was... I mean, when you think about all the different permutations you can take, it's just so much going on. This is just, the bus station bus. Yeah, it was, just, it was just horrendous in terms of the amount of work we accidentally gave ourselves by okay. not planning anything at all. Right. <laughs> and in fact, let's do that again. Yeah, in fact, I remember us having a conversation where I said, do you think we should plan things? You were, Jen was just like, nah, it'll be fine. Not even, way, not even waypoints. <laughs> no, Smash cut. that's yeah. totally... <laughs> to a year totally. 
bollocks what okay. said. Right. Yes, it is. It's always me who goes. Shall we have a plan? Shall we do a synopsis? <laughs> shall we? Shall we make? The shall we make a flowchart? <laughs> flow flow you said let's just start writing and see what happens, and I went okay. <laughs> okay, so the. The, the finer points of yes. the process have been lost in the midst of time. <laughs> yeah. It was it was hard because we both were having a lot of other stuff going on at the time. So okay. Yeah, I think having two of us means there was always one who was leading things, yeah. even if you know, even if like if, if if something happened and one person was leading it and then they had to stop, it just meant the other person had to do it really. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we took it in turns, didn't we? So I do it for a bit, and then I say, "Okay, I'm busy, or I'm stuck, or I'm bored." Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This this is not very good uh, publicity for you, but I have to say, (laughs) I'm bored, so you do it. (laughs) A lot, a lot of writing process is about repetition and chasing up loose ends and. Especially when two of us are writing and we've got different styles or different ways of referring mm. to things, it's like... It's interesting that you, you say you've got different styles because it's not easy to figure out who wrote what. I think I have an idea, and I know you're keeping it secret. But I think there's something that you said, and it was an idea that you had for the book about um, Shackleton's third man and this idea that when... Yeah. Or is extra man when we you better tell the story, you do better than me. Um yeah, so I mean this was something that we noticed a lot more I think in the bus station book where we were both writing. Yeah. We weren't sort of separating I write this bit, you write this bit. We were both just writing the whole thing sure. whenever we got a moment, a chance to do it. And then when we looked back at it, there was loads of bits that neither of us had much or any recollection of writing, and it was always a bit spooky. But the, the tone didn't really feel like either of ours. Do you know? I read. I read that. I in because you said that in an interview before. Yeah. I don't believe it. No, you don't no. remember the bits that you wrote. No, the good bits, obviously. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything particularly memorable or praiseworthy, yeah. I would like to claim that. Yeah. Anything that just is really weird and goes on for too long and has yeah. way too many. Passages, it's just probably me. There's some, there's this phrasing in it that I think, oh yeah, that's that's you, mm. that's Viv. But there are ideas of, you know, to do with maybe Orla's backstory or Alice's, um, you know, what we find out that yeah. about Alice's past with her mother. That I think, oh, that's a dead good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think they were probably yeah. yours. You're a bit better at plot than I am. Well, I think so. Hang on, hang on. You're saying that you can't remember who, what each person wrote in Curious Tales, but you're saying that you can't remember who wrote each bit in The Night Visitors, the latest. I, no, there are phrases in it that are in the voice that was supposed to be mine. That I think, oh, I think that might be fair. Oh right. You yeah. know, so because we both wrote oh, over each other as okay. well. Yeah, I think there's a lot more of it in the bus station book. But in this, in The Night Visitors, there are bits where I'm reading, like they're going. Like, that will be in a bit that I wrote. I'm kind of think, but same with you. Mm. I'm kind of going, wow, that's actually quite good. <laughs> in a way that I kind of feel like it probably wasn't me who wrote it. But then again, I don't know if you did either. You know, and and it, doesn't, it doesn't strike me as the sort of thing you'd write. So this is the idea of the third man. Right, that maybe, okay. maybe there is some yeah. extra haunted presence in there. Right, not just. Uh, what is it, Hattie? Yeah, Hattie yeah. in there, but making us both look a little bit better than we are. <laughs> I think it might be something to deal with. I mean, the, the third man thing that we always that we always sort of bring up is this um, theory in, in, in mountaineering. There's always these explorers who will go and ex, ex, what's it called? Ex, 
expeditions. expeditions and they'll be say there'll be two of them and one of them will take the lead and the other one will take the lead for a bit and they'll always take turns and then at some point there'll be a third person taking the lead during a snowstorm in yeah, the dark in the dark in the middle of nowhere and then they'll arrive and realize actually there, there isn't three of us there's only two of us who could the third person have been and they never really know and it feels a bit like that that there is a third god god helped us write the book yeah. Really, that would really embarrassing to not believe in God. Yeah, so I know. Now he's written a book for. <laughs> yeah. we'll love it. Did you, uh, did you did you at one point or at the beginning see the two characters? Because that one of them, I think it's, I don't know, if they, I don't think this is a spoiler, but um, one of the character, the two characters at the beginning, one seems quite crazy and one seems quite sane, and they kind of switch positions by the end, don't mm-hmm. they? Was that even? from the beginning or did that come out naturally well we had to do a lot of checking so I think we started with the assumption that both of our characters would be lying to what do you mean lying to, yeah okay. to, to each other and to themselves both okay. of them would be in denial about something both of them would need each other for something and not want to not want to let that on so the whole novella as well as it being an exploration into this this character called Hattie um, who may or may not have been a, m- a murderer and mm. have murdered her family, the silent film actress Alice and Orla would be um, manipulating each okay. other and mm. that was what was really really hard to keep track of so yeah. I would be texting Viv saying okay so she's just said that, I presume she doesn't mean that she means something else so um what does she mean? And, and yeah, there was a lot it's quite, of because there's two first-person narrators, you have to tell the story from their point of view constantly, and they're both yeah. giving each other information that makes the story progress. Yeah. So you have to be quite. It was it was quite hard to go. Okay, so this isn't true, but you've still said it. So she needs to say something else to make that sort of become, you know, relevant or whatever. And, and at what point they stop believing each other? Yeah, and how you make it clear that it's not true because the. You know, you don't yeah. have a character just go email and go, hello, everything I've just said so far has been a lie. Some of that was to do with the form, that it is a very claustrophobic form. So even though Orla talks about her house and about her um, friendship with Dr. Kapoor and about her career, and even though Alice, she talks about Sam, she talks about Brian, she talks about her mother, you know, we've got a sense that these women have contexts, but actually... If we were going to make a film out of this, it'd be two women typing, and, yeah. and it is very claustrophobic. Mm. And that I mean, they can't sort of meet handling. is the other yeah. thing. No. you can't have them meet because they just wouldn't be emailing each other. Yeah, and they but can't talk on the phone. No, exactly. <laughs> but that's the problem with any kind of. And I, this is. I, I almost didn't want to say this word because I can't pronounce it. Epistolary. I still can't How do you say it? Epistolary. I still have trouble. I have to sort of. But what do you say? Like an epistolary. Would you say an epistolary novel or would you say epistolary? An epistolary novel? It is an epistol. Is it? No, an epistle is a letter, isn't it? All right. You're a joke, Ashworth. We've been through this. Doing my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to change the subject now. Um, I know you're doing this 100 days of writing yes. thing. Yes. Are you doing it, Richard? No, I thought about it, but no. I kind of try. I try to write every day anyway. But yeah, I that's what of, that's what I, that was going to be my question. I mean, my, I think it's probably the same for when you're doing 100 days of writing that your definition of what writing is becomes incredibly generous the further you get on. Like, you know, I, I imagine. I wrote a post it today. Yeah, one day, what days one to seven are probably like quite prolific and quite yeah. sort of engaged writing. Do you on. imagine? 
and then I kind of guess by the end of it, I just a sort of few sentences of note what kind of does. There's a Wednesday in the middle where it's just like, I wrote this letter to British Gas, that counts, right? <laughs> <coughs> uh, what is it? What is this one? I, I mean, it's, the clue's in the title, but it what, is. did so, you make this up? I, I, I think, well, I think I might have, although I'm sure lots of people have written for hundred days and yes. recorded it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there was a death in my family towards the beginning of the summer mm. and I didn't write, you know, it was, it was hard and mm-hmm. it was um, busy as those times sometimes are and before I knew it, six weeks had passed and I hadn't really done much other than sit in front of the TV watching Poirot adaptations and knitting and I'm in the middle of a book and it's it's the longest that I've ever left a book and I was really scared that the book would have I don't know like disintegrated or mm-hmm. I would go back to it and see that it was rubbish and so I had loads of fear and, and it was it was really debilitating and I don't really fully believe in writer's block but I was approaching it mm. and it was becoming um, it was a bit of a facing and so I had I was kind of a bit desperate really and mm-hmm. very frightened and I thought that what I could do was um, I would I would turn up to this book every day for 100 days and turning up would be pretty generous so some days it would be that I would write 2,000 words and some days it would be just making notes or reading what I'd written before but every single day I would make contact with this book and at the end of 100 days I would have hopefully breathed it back to life Mm -hmm. or um, decided to abandon it. Right. And and that to keep me honest I would I would Instagram pictures of me writing, so um, my partner takes pictures of me writing, or, or my daughter does, or something to do with my writing, I take pictures of my pencils or my mm-hmm. keyboard or something, and, um, and I made a hashtag. And so you're more savvy than <laughs> the people in your book. <laughs> Definitely. And to my surprise, which I did not expect at all, loads and loads and loads of people joined in mm-hmm. on that day one with me and then as they went through their hundred days some of their friends joined in and it's it's become pretty big i was counting up last week and i think about 30 of my friends mm-hmm. that i know of are doing it okay and then their friends who i don't know who i can see on the hashtag are doing yep. it and um, someone in america who's doing it so Ugh. <laughs> but it's, it's nice. Ruined. I mean, I know it sounds a bit, a bit kind of self-helpy yep. and, and a bit crap and not the way that great literature is made. Mm-hmm. But this is not um, about making great literature. It's yep. about turning up even when you feel very fearful about it yeah, and seeing I mean, what happens. It could be, I mean, it's, I don't want to compare it to NaNoWriMo. No, no, don't. Because that's... The worst. It's gentler than that. Yeah. Gentler. Yeah. It's not. It's not like. 50 and it's not just like where's day. yeah where's your word count. No, there's no business. word count. It was it was about trying to find a daily discipline after um, a break, yeah. a shock after after a stopping place for yeah. me. But a lot of people have been able to connect to that, which has made me made me feel really happy actually. Mm-hmm. That if I put oh, I don't know, day 31 and it's crap and I hate it and I don't want to do it and I'm bored. Yeah. 
a lot of people seem very surprised that someone who writes for a living feels like that, but yeah. very comforted by it. And I'm quite comforted that other people have to sit and make themselves do it sometimes as well. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Are you doing it in your fancy new shed? Do it everywhere. So yeah. mainly in my shed, in bed, on my settee. I've been sick the past week, so I've been mm -hmm. doing it a lot under a blanket on my settee while I malinger and demand lens sips be brought to me. Yeah. And it's been good. Like I I mean you they've said you try and write every day mm. anyway. And I don't really I think because I teach as well and, yeah. and I, I, I tend to coil myself up and then really binge on the writing for two or three days and then take a couple of days away but never ever had six weeks away so. mm -hmm. yeah so is this the book of essays that you're writing then? yes ah, how's yeah. it going so um, I think that I will not Sir Richard, I will bring you back away. this don't worry. <laughs> no, it's interesting to hear because I'm yeah. aware of the book of essays and where it's been going you've on. not read any, have you? No, we, talk, we, talk, we talked about it like loads more than your other books, I think. Yeah. But I've like read less of it than yeah. I probably have the other books that you've been writing And that's quite unusual because I do... We used to be in a workshop group together. Mm. We did an MA. I did it. I did it one year, they've did it the next year, so we've all, and even when we were at college, we've always shown each other yeah, work. And Curious Tales, yeah. the non-Preston bus station book, all that is basically just hammering away at short stories and sending them yeah. to each other constantly. Yeah, yeah. So why, why essays then? I, I know I asked you this the last time. It, this shows you how long you've been talking about it or writing about it. Oh, I know. You I talked about it on the podcast last time. And just get on with it. Well, yeah. Have. Well, you, you are. I am. I'm yeah. doing it every day. Yeah. So, um, is why, there a theme? Why essays is is the theme of the essays, why essays. Okay. So um, well, my little boy is seven now. Yeah. And after he was born, I was very ill for quite a long time, um, quite severely, dramatically ill, um, and then a sort of tailing away madness that lasted much longer than I thought it did. Um, and it really... I wanted to write about that. Most of my novels have got some roots in in some personal experience. Um, most mm -hmm. obviously the Friday Gospels, mm -hmm. but all of them. Yep. And I, I really wanted to write about this, about, about postpartum psychosis, about um, birth trauma, about postpartum um, trauma, stress disorder, mm -hmm. all this kind of words that we use to describe what I experienced as going nuts for a while. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't make a novel out of it and I tried a few different times to, to find a story. And so the essays are much more directly autobiographical and they're mm -hmm. about my experience and they are about reading and writing and they're about why did the novel let me down or did I yeah. let the novel down? Where was the fault here? Gosh. Why did it have to be essays? Heavy, man. It is heavy. Yeah. It is. I, I weep into my navel. <laughs> I'm hoping there'll be some funny bits in yeah, it at some point. I, I'm sure there will be. Uh, is it cathartic? No, but um, a reader doesn't want to read that. Like no. I've done cathartic. I'm glad you said no. I'm yeah. really glad you said yeah. no. No, I've, catharsis is for your friends and your therapist mm -hmm. and... and Catharsis is something that you need. A reader doesn't necessarily want to see you do that on a page. No, yeah. but it, it's it's a kind of anatomy of um, a disease. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Disease. Is a disease the right word? I, I never know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I am I am thinking of it as, as sickness, yeah. as pain. The words that were pinned onto that experience by doctors um, or therapists 
didn't really help me. Yeah. Um, I'm quite comfy calling it the period of time during which I went mad. Mm. I am sure that there are women who have suffered with similar mental illness who would hate that phrasing. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't apply it to someone else. Yeah. But, um, I think it's more common than people think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, some people are just better at boxing it up. I think I was others. pretty good at boxing it up mm. as well. But yeah. Were you yeah. suffering it last time you were on the podcast? I don't know. When oh, was it? I can't remember now. A year ago? No, I think I was really very poorly. I was like, you, you very, you, if, if that's if it is the case, you you hit it very well. <laughs> I think so we, I we was had so much fun. Really very poorly until yeah. my son was about four or five. Yeah. And then looking back now, I can see that when he was very young, there were big chunks of his babyhood that I don't really remember very well. Gosh. Or what I do remember isn't yeah. pretty. I think it's been very gradual. Yeah. The process of being better. Yeah. Yeah, like because. You know, we've been friends all that time. Yes. You should ask Fred. <laughs> <laughs> how, how mental was Jen at various uh, points? Yeah, that's the thing. It was like kind of a, if you imagine like a sort of graph of like the economy very gradually crashing. Brexit. It was like kind of the opposite of that, like going up and down, up and down, but kind of like getting back to normal a bit, but over yeah. the course of like a long time. So yeah. it was like ups and downs, ups and downs. And it's not like getting better is not like being how you were before yeah. either like I will not ever be the way I was before and it's thinking about that and yeah. what that means yeah do you have a, a title of one of the essays just so I can kind of get a um, that you're comfortable that it's finished or no you, so, don't, have, you don't have no, to no no so okay. um, there are seven essays in the book and yeah. I'm just working on number six and number six is called um, Attempts on the Life of King Lear Wow. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see the look on Viv's face. Oh, <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, but, you know, everything is up for grabs. I don't know. It's still very fluid at the moment. Yeah. So there's the metaphor employed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can get me back in, like, I don't know, three or four years' time to yeah. discuss. Well, we'll see how well the, the essays do. Yes. <laughs> see, if you, see if you approve or not. <laughs> yeah. I might read them and go, whoa. <laughs> We're not having I'll give her, her again. Minute. I'll give her a minute. <laughs> what are you writing? Richard? Uh, oh, you're Richard again. I know, I've gone back to being Richard. I know. I've gone I, back to being Well, I, I, it's, yeah, I, I did just meet you now, and it's Jen's nickname. But it's, it's kind of, and, I mean, Jen was kind of the... And um, I, I said it as a joke before, I'm, I'm still like, nah, I don't oh, know no, if we I mean, know each like, other well like enough. For my me. partner calls Fine. it me, you know. So Viv, what are you writing now? Oh, there was touching there. That's right. I just, I just like to interrupt I'm here. I'm a toucher. For the, the non-viewers That's at home. That's a bit much. Can I wait a bit too far away now? No, sorry. It, yeah, I've gone past the point of no return, my friend. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I try and think of myself as a short story writer because I've mm -hmm. written... You are a short story I am, writer. Well, I am a short story writer. I've, I've written bigger pieces. Mm -hmm. And your I, essay? I've written essays and, and things like that, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I write bigger pieces, but I just, I think the time constraints that I have just make it almost impossible to get anything of a decent size written, so I just write shorter pieces. Is that an excuse? It's sometimes an excuse, <laughs> sometimes it isn't. Paxman! That's right. That's so right, I'm, I'm going to shut up and just let you two get on with it. <laughs> yeah. The director's commentary. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's an excuse, and other times it's... It's not, because there are, there are long pieces that I've written that I've got, and I'm always like thinking, yeah. I need to sit down and fix this, and edit it, and put bits in, and you yeah. know, make it work. The reason I ask that is because you were reticent about, you weren't 
entirely, I'm a short story writer. Like, I've had short story writers on the podcast before, and they're very... Like I'm a short story writer. I'm, I think I'm like, a big fan of the form. Whereas you were just like, well, yeah, I don't really have the well, time for. I think a long, like a lot of people who, who like to think of themselves as writers but don't do it professionally, there's always a bit of, I wouldn't say shame, but there is a kind yeah. of there is a kind of reticence about talking to other people about writing yeah. generally. Until you get that first. Do you big think? One well, just because published. it's something that doesn't really happen very often. Yeah. Most people, most conversations you have about being a writer it tend to be about people who just happen to run into you and ask you yeah. and you go yeah I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer in yeah. a way that sounds a bit like but don't really probe me too much about it don't take it yeah. too seriously um, it's not the main thing I do all day I couldn't tell you how much I relate to that yeah um, <laughs> you're further along than I am but yeah I know exactly what you mean but it's something, it's something I try not to do but I'm aware yeah. of myself doing but the only way to not do it is to sort of be a bit of a dick about it. The thing is, right, really hard to... no, and, and I think that the people who are the biggest dicks are the ones who say, I am a writer and haven't published anything. The ones that, that, the ones that if you're too comfortable mm. with it and you've not had something, you know, oh, out in the world. Do you know? no. That's good. You're a, you're a lecturer in, in, on know. the MA, so of course you don't think. Yeah, you don't you think. Well, you're... I, think, I think people who don't write and who, who I don't know, they... They talk the talk and they, they, I don't know, buy the how-to books and yeah. they have the beret and, yeah. and all this nonsense and don't actually sit there in front of the computer feeling terrified and do the typing anyway. I think they, they don't have a right. They, I, do you know what? I think they do the typing, but they don't feel terrified. But I, I, do, I, do, I think publication is such a, a rigged game. It is such a, you know, Viv is one of the finest writers that, that I know and that yeah. I work with. And it's but I think because, and this is now a therapy session for you, Viv. <laughs> but on. I think because, and this is the way I feel exactly the same way, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like if you, if you get to that point where you say, you know, I'm a writer mm-hmm. too soon, I do feel like a... Prick, don't well, you? you do because the the next question is all right. Where, where have you where, where's your books? Exactly. You know what have yeah. you written? Where can I get well, your books? I've heard of you. And it's like, yeah. Well, I've had this um, short story published in this uh, magazine that's for short stories that you can yeah. only buy from their website. And yeah. Whatever you know, and it feels a bit like it's hard to sell that to someone, you know, unless they're kind of in that world. You just yeah. feel like you're kind of kind of pretending a bit. We're working on another commission together. Oh, we're working on another commission together. <laughs> we are. We were doing the, the follow-up to the, to the night visitors, basically. Oh, we? the day yeah. visitors. <laughs> Good title. <laughs> yeah. Better than all we've got. <laughs> Which is currently hospital story, I think, at the moment. No, we can't say, can we? Here, you just did. We can say it's in a hospital. I'm sure that, that, that huge you know, spoiler, spoiler is fine, fine to give away. That it's yeah. Possibly, so yeah. So who's in the hospital? I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> there is a, there's a bit of an overlap with some one, one or two, possibly two characters from the Night Visitors, possibly. Yeah. Coming, Have uh, you been making, on making it? A, no, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to work on it. Um, yeah, some of the characters might come back. It's, it's going to be. I think it's going to be very different. In terms yeah. of, it won't be emails or anything. No, not emails. Yeah. Is it going to be epistolary? It will in a sense. It will, I don't think it will be people sending emails or letters to each other. I think it will be somehow, <laughs> somehow the p- two people are going to communicate with one another and that will be the structure. But we are in Snapchat. the early stages. We're in the early, not quite frantic stages, but in yeah. the basically how is this going to work, what are we doing, are you, we don't know. Are so. you working on anything outside of our commission? Oh, that was... I'm it just was almost like she was like a are, are taking you, over the show. Are you, yeah. pl- are you playing away? <laughs> <I've> got, <laughs> that's what that's what I was getting at. Yeah. More of that, so. I've got a bunch of short stories that I've been asked to do for various things, yeah. and 
at the moment my, my routine for writing is to just sit down and try and write them and just like I've got all these different word documents sort of open and just try and get them done yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing on any of them and then just give up yeah. and it's just I remember to, to compare myself incredibly grandly to Leonard Cohen yeah, uh, I remember. Do you know what? This is so funny. He's like, "Oh, I, I'm not sure. I'm, a, I'm not sure I'm a writer, but I'm just like Leonard yeah. Cohen." I've often thought that, you know. Yeah. Often thought. Well, that. I'm like Leonard Cohen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I was with this interview about solid was, Canadian. Was, that guy. He was talking about um, Hallelujah, I think, and saying it took him like years to write, and he was like, yeah. and he was he was saying that it was the process of writing was just basically banging your head against the floor repeatedly until it, until it works. Yeah. It feels like at the moment that's kind of how I feel it, things are, is yeah. I will just sit and I'll do like do loads of writing and it won't work and I'll delete it and then I'll just close my laptop. And See, again, I think if it's too easy, it's going to be shit, mm. isn't it? Oh, could someone kill that child? <laughs> Stop having fun. <laughs> it, I don't know, like... I'd, I'd, I'd like it to be easier than it is, but if something feels easy to me, it means I know how to do it. So I'll, I feel like I'm dialing it in a bit. I yeah. always want to try and do something. I'm just beyond my capabilities. Mm. So even if it doesn't quite work, mm. um, I've, I've gone beyond a bit what I know yeah. I can do. I find, I find it really difficult to do something, to write something where I feel like I've kind of already done it before, not in the sense of like I've already written this entire story, yeah. but if like the way it's structured or the voice is similar, yeah. or um, like there's a weird narrative thing I'm trying to do and I've already done it, I always kind of just I just get bored, and that's kind of worse than just finding it really hard and not being able to do it. Yeah, that, that's what's difficult, and we've we've talked about this a lot about working within a particular genre, so um, a horror novella or ghost stories, because there's it's really hard to observe the wonderful things about the genre and give the reader what, what they expect and what they want. Oh, you never want to think that way, though, no, do you? You don't want to think, what do they... No, fresh. if you do that, yeah. yeah, if you, yeah. If, the minute you say, yeah. what do these people want, yeah. you're going to write shit. But you yeah. can't get away from it, especially with horror, because the, the, the genre has such specific things it demands or expects. And people who love horror really, really love yeah. horror. They will have read all of it. Yeah, and there's lots of horror really? fans who are, who are very committed either to the tropes, if you want to call them that, yeah. of horror, or they're very against them, or they want to see them played with in a certain way. Yeah. But generally, whatever, whichever one of, whichever camp they fall in, they are very um, vocal with their views, which, yeah. you know, which is great, which is fine. Um, but see, it I thought make it horror hard to write. was on its ass. Everyone that you talk to in publishing says oh or is a dying like you, you know you see it in, the, in Waterstone just going like this mm. that's, yeah. that's me putting two hands closer, <laughs> closer together it has been kind of amalgamated in the big Waterstone that's right with it's, it's become fiction. that's right and I've, I've asked this question to quite a few people that write mm. um, book, like genre mm -hmm. books if you want to call them that and uh, they say that horror is becoming is being pulled into mainstream fiction yeah, so much. Yeah, I think it's, it's crashed the mainstream. You can see it with cinema. Like yeah. At the moment, it feels like, with cinema in particular, I don't really know about fiction enough, but it feels like this weird golden age has just happened yeah. where all these super intelligent horror movies are just being made and they're just they're just really good. And it's yeah. like, I don't know why. I don't know what the cause is, but you've got things like... Um, Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things, got It Follows, yeah. and... Uh, like the, you know, the new It film, like loads yeah. of weird Stephen King adaptations have suddenly come out. Yeah. And you just feel like there's suddenly this, this, this sort of—I wouldn't want to call it a literary interest in horror, 
because there's nothing I imagine that's worse than just sort of this, you know, literary cruising of the horror scene. Yeah. Which, I don't think that's I don't think that's what it is in, in films. It just seems like loads of filmmakers have grown up watching uh, really good, um, really well made international cinema, but have also grown up watching really Nightmare sort of trashy, Street. Yeah, films yeah. like Nightmare It's our generation, isn't it, that yeah. spent their teenage years watching Freddy Krueger reading Stephen King, and yeah. they are now the makers, and they're, they're returning to what they loved. Yeah, yeah. and doing doing really interesting things with it. Yeah. But I don't know whether it's the same with um, with fiction. I, you know, it's just something, I, 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 not that I'm saying it's not happening or it is happening, it's just, I, it's just not, not a thing I'm aware of. I think there's more interest from the literary world in horror than there has been in the past. Yeah. And I think that probably irritates quite a lot of horror purists. Yeah. That there is, like I was saying, this kind of sense of being a bit of a, uh, you know, slumming it in horror for a bit of a laugh because you grew up reading some James Herbert books mm. or whatever. Yeah. But I also think it's people just taking it a lot more seriously. Mm. And I think that's changed what the genre is and changed how you go to a bookshop and what you see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I think, that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? And I, I think, th- well, I, I, oh, I think it has something to do with how shitty the world is as well like I mean the world is a crazy place mm. well at the same time you think people would want you know Harlequin romances to escape from the reality of this horror nightmare I suppose both types of fiction become really really popular at times of crisis you know you think um, I don't know if like Virginia Woolf and, um, and Agatha Christie. Yeah. You know, the, the books that are so open that they attempt to dispense with plot and books that are all about plot and all about the neat ending and all about the reassurance of yeah. the criminal being caught. And, and, you know, we need both of those kind of books. Yeah. We do. Mm. I, think, I think a lot of the horror that you that I was talking about that you get this sort of the literary interest in it I think comes from a wanting you know a desire to try and embrace and understand the unknown and the unknowable and loose ends and things like that which is kind of how supernatural fiction to call it that would work yeah. this kind of um, you know books and stories that are all about how something completely um, nonsensical and horrific can just intrude onto your normal life and, yeah. and not be necessarily a worldly reason for it I think is probably quite appealing at the moment yeah um, I wonder if it's also because the supernatural just doesn't seem to exist in the you know people don't actually believe in any of that stuff really anymore mm-hmm. so they need it I don't, I don't know I, I think one of the things I, I find most interesting is that you don't find you know you don't see UFO sightings anymore because everyone has a yeah. a phone in their pocket, mm-hmm. and if if, if film. anybody yeah. can take a photo, and if you if you produce some grainy film that yeah. you created in your basement, people go, why don't you just use your iPhone? Mm. So that's disappeared. You just don't mm-hmm. see UFO mm. sightings anymore. And I think because I don't know, maybe it's because it's technology. Like things have happened to a point where the supernatural just is it can't even be plausible because it's so easily. I think it kind of is. I mean, I think people wouldn't call it supernatural. It's not like a sort of spectral presence in a, mm. you know, in a poorly lit bedroom now you've got, you've got you know technology is basically these things that surround people's lives encompass them but they don't really understand them and they, they do things that they don't understand and they kind of you, you can have things that are you can have technology that behaves in a way that is very similar to how people used to think of ghosts you know yeah. it is kind of doing, doing things and uh, interacting with people in like a way that, that they don't kind of understand but you can get things like um, 
I'm trying to think of a good example of one I've read. I think the best example off the top of my head is uh, an Adam Marek story called um, Tamagotchi, which is about a kid who gets a Tamagotchi mm-hmm. and it develops its own sort of sensibility, you know. Oh, right. It's, it's, it becomes yeah. sentient. And, but it, it's, it's also more about the guy who owns it, who's mm-hmm. a bit kind of, you know, has, has, has issues, it seems, around, yeah. around fatherhood and stuff. And there's, there's it, I think things like that are kind of how, I, I mean, I'm thinking particularly in terms of the ghost story, how, how that kind of works how that survives. Stephen yeah. King put out a novella um, a few, maybe three or four years ago, I think it was called Earth, and it was about a sort of haunted Kindle, and you could um, log into this Kindle and um, read books that your favourite writer would have written if, like, if Hemingway hadn't have mm-hmm. died, you know, what he would have gone on to write, what he'd have gone on to write. Yep. Um, and it's all these alternative universes, and you can read the newspapers in these alternative universes. But I think, I, don't, I mean, maybe not specifically horror, but thinking about the gothic as, as a much more capacious term for this, it's kind of always been about technology and mm. about about haunted technology and yeah. about. But technology is kind of yeah, and, and the way that the self leaks into um, gramophones, which records a voice, and that's really to do yeah. with dead, you know, dead people yeah. recording the voices of the dead, and um, you know, letters coming from beyond the grave. But it's don't you not think that it, yeah, travel, you know, it's it's always been about yeah. this new thing, and that as Viv says, it's it, we become completely reliant on it without entirely understanding how it works and without entirely being comfortable about the degree of self or agency or memory mm-hmm. that we delegate to it. Do you think that's still the case now? Like it seems to me, and this is this is such an old man thing to say, <laughs> but that people, are, the ne- younger people, seem, it just seems to be second nature. Every little thing. Whenever a new app, about it. no, I think they, they, I, I once, think that's I, just once people, though, yeah, know? but I was, I was once, I was told that our, I, I'm, I think I'm older than you guys slightly. Anyway, <laughs> our generation uh, were technological pioneers, basically. So we were at the at the edge where we're, we're that happened. generation where when we were little we didn't have the internet and we had three channels on our TV yeah, and now exactly. there's everything yeah, and we're yeah. pretty proficient at using it but we weren't born using it yeah we, we can, still say mobile yeah. phone yeah. where the kids yeah. just say phone yeah. you know like the idea of a landline is I think I we're the people who if we live to be like like you know really really old we'd be like can you believe they were born when there was no internet you know? yeah. we'd be the last of that generation right? I think that's happening that. that's happening now it is happening now yeah. my, my daughter doesn't quite believe that we had such a thing as a yellow pages yeah. and, and <laughs> what that was for and that yeah. I was telling her do you know her, what I scarcely believe it myself <laughs> well because I, I, I think how the hell did I how did you find how did I write anything without, the, without Google how is that even possible I, I was telling my daughter that um, you know I used to meet my friend in Preston bus station and we knew the phone number of the phone box, one of the phones <laughs> in Preston bus station, yeah. so that if she was late, she could ring the phone box or vice yeah. versa. And she just found you know, this I find, unbelievable. I find phone boxes now really sad. Like when you they're see them, places that people they're really, wee in, they're really aren't they? you get you really high tech ones though. You can do your emails and they've got like phone hubs and things. You know? <coughs> high tech. Just listen to yourself. You're already. <laughs> It's over, man. (laughs) But I just think it's real. I I, I can't figure out why they even exist. Nobody uses them except, like you say, to piss in. But it's really. But when you see one, you think of just when I was a kid, how important those were. I I 
think that young people are anxious. I think, and and you know, I work I work with young people. I work with students, and I am growing a couple of young people. And this concept of of performance and of privacy and of um, a, a performed self that has to be absolutely perfect and constantly available and how that maps onto or does not map onto who you really are. And the bullying that is, uh, that is a part of that and, as well. And, and intimacy and I'm, yeah. I'm sort of talking about sex but not only sex, you yeah. know, just, just kind of emotional intimacy. What we're that is all being totally remade and yeah. they are doing it and, and they like, are anxious about it. Yeah, and the big like talking before about the gothic like the main thing about the gothic if you kind of boil it down to one thing is about the past you know not being over it's about the past sort of returning and having its revenge on the future can you imagine yeah. if and our college pictures were on well that's Facebook. it like now you can't really not have a past your past yeah. is just there online exactly I know when I see when I see uh, parents putting pictures of yeah. their kids in like really in, like compromisingly embarrassing situations you just think Fuck me, am I glad Facebook didn't exist when I was a child? Well, this is the idea of making a mistake and that, you know, social media is so tribal, as we yeah. know, and if a young person, or, you know, or any person, because they're a normal human being, makes a mistake, whether it is something quite important or something not that important, the kind yeah. of public shaming that they get... That is not something that we had ever had to grow up fearing. No. And you know, most of these young people are not going to make a mistake like that. They're not perhaps going to be um, socially murdered on Facebook well, or they know Instagram. Better. Well, that's it. Yeah. They're, they're, mm. they're shaping themselves to know better. And what that does to to courage and to, to innovation and to, to, to intimacy, to being real, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm mm. too old to know. But they are definitely anxious about it. And I think in 20 years time there will be horror about that yeah definitely I, I think yeah. it would be sooner than that probably yeah yeah. yeah I mean I yeah. think there's, 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 there's plenty of um, horror movies that get made now that are about you know oh yeah what was that one Unfriended yeah that, came out long ago. that yeah. one wasn't great but I think there'll be better ones uh, My Little Eye that was like a sort of Ooh, reality TV uh, Star One you know I think there's plenty of scope in things that happen now that just feel so kind of bewildering yeah. But they've got their own structure to them that you can imagine like, picking a story around it, you know. Yeah. It, that would be horrible if it, took, you know, if it was real and happened to you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good place to end, is it? We've put the world to rights. Yes. Old people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. a good interview yeah yeah didn't you love it one of the best yeah thanks pal i'm so glad you, you're a part of this podcast it's the best yeah i'm i'm really supportive right well i tell you what the people that are coming up especially one of one of which you are a huge fan of joanna cavena oh, she's yes. next excellent and you actually have read loads of her stuff including the field guide to reality yes right so if you haven't read that um, and it, you should read that but if, if you don't want to read that because it's mad what's the, what's the e easiest way to describe it? like it will blow open the doors of your perception you can, yeah okay yeah. so yeah you should read it um, but if you want to read a story that's just really funny I like her novel Come to the Edge quite a lot
Yep. And she also writes amazing essays. Yeah, she's very good. So she's the, she's next up. And then it's... Oh, I haven't decided whether it's going to be Megan or John. Megan Hunter or John McGregor next. Okay. Maybe John McGregor. I think I said Megan would be what, my Christmas one. Am I missing another one? No, I'm not. So it'll be those two. You've not read any John McGregor. Well, yeah, sure. Have you? Yep. I've read If Nobody Speaks With Remarkable Things. I've read part of it. Mm-hmm. And I've read some of his short stories, which I like very much. Yes, that's right. You said that. And he's the editor of the letters page, which I think is really cool. Yeah. We talk about that quite a bit in Good. the interview. Good. Um, you, like, you really like Megan Hunter's book. Yep. Even though it's really... Because it's short? That's not why I like it. <laughs> it's beautifully written. It is. It's very interesting. Um, and if you haven't read that, if you want to participate in the conversation, obviously you won't be, I, you won't be tweeting me because I wouldn't talk about it anyway because I don't care about your tweets. But <laughs> in what way are you inviting people to participate I'm not. in the conversation? I'm not. You just read That's the book. It's just a lie. It is a total lie. You should just read those books That's so you like know what we're talking the about. kind of thing. Participate. There's air quotes. Okay, I'll tell you that. what. If people want to tweet me, I, I've done this before and I said tweet me something and no one did. If people want to abuse you. That's fine. I'm, I, on Twitter. I kind of like it. I know. That's why you got me on. I know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crap. Okay, so Joanna Cavena, Megan Hunter, John McGregor. Those are the books we talk about between now and Christmas. And if you want to know what we're talking about, you should read those. Anything else from you, Kate Feld? Can I go now? <laughs> Not allowed. All right. Seriously, um, you can't. You have to stop saying that. <laughs> okay, I'm stop saying it. <laughs> no. Um, the festival's over, so the you're, you're over. dead to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm of no use to you anymore. Yeah. I know, you're just going to drop me like a hot potato now, aren't you? Yeah, maybe. Like, we'll, we'll remember when I asked you to be on the podcast? We'll see how many listeners this gets. Bye.